Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, um, the Kaiser Kaiser Chiefs, South African football team, and a band from Leeds. Leeds United are a football team in England. Um, uh, Welcome to the 90 Minutes Cynic Podcast. Um, I've got an illustrious panel. Um, up in my to my top right, um, the love lorn, the in love, that the, the love man. It's Kieran Harren. How are you? I'm doing good now. Thank yeah. you. Good stuff. Sorted all that out. Um, the daddy of the podcast, um, the Lou. housewife's favourite, um, Lou Meister General, uh, Lou McCaffrey. Lou McCaffrey? Has anyone called you Lou before? <laughs> no. Can, can I start? <laughs> Lou? No, Lou's minging. Please don't do that. Oh, no, no. I'm here to bring a bit of energy, because but, that intro yeah, for you was Lou. pretty awful. No, 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 no. That was a good intro. That was awful. Um, but that was a good intro, right? It was an awful intro. I was thinking about taking over hosting just during it because it was that bad. <coughs> off to a bad start. Um, off to a bad start. Sorry. It turns out. Um, but no, Lou McCaffrey. Thanks very much. Um, we've got the B man. Is that me done for the night? Aye, you can head up the road. Um, we've got hairless. The hairless Chris Bowd. Um, not not an always hairless. No, but usually he's got the beard. Um, but not an, not an ounce. Like a baby's bottom. Um, unbelievable. Kind of stubbly baby's bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's a, an older baby. A man. A man. A bottom. man's bottom because it's stubbly. Like a man's bottom. I mean, it's <laughs> like a man's. Yes, we're getting there. We're, listen, we're, we're we're cooking. We're cooking with gas. We're back. It's a good start now. We've we've started well. Should we restart? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to deny it. Yeah, no, you, you you look like shit. We Let's don't have time not. to restart, so we are stuck with that. We don't. Kieran's got an important text message to send around nine o'clock. <laughs> I've got a bus to get at nine o'clock. Sorry, a bus to get. As um, well as our thing. We were having a uh, pre-podcast fun. Um, if you've got any um, dating advice, just tweet us at 90 Minutes Cynic. And if you see Kieran's face swipe to the right. <laughs> Is right good? Is the right good I one? I don't know. And you tell me. But the right's the good one, right? Well, swipe, swipe the good one for Kieran. If you see him, he's got a terrific hat on, got a tammy on, looks like a big giant baby. Um, but there we go. So, football. Love it. Bowed? Nah, not a fan. And that's not even a joke. <laughs> yeah, so you're not. Um, we went to see Father John Misty. How was he for you? What did he do for you? Did he bring out feelings of emotions? It was incredible. I was tingly all over. Tingly. Um, certain regions were tingly or more than Some others were, yeah definitely good he's a very sexual performer Kieran he's very sexual is he? <laughs> aye he is aye is he? yeah so Father John Misty on, on Wednesday uh, sorry Thursday was terrific um, but 
uh, we had a terrific game on Tuesday, um, the Tuesday before, and we obviously had a game at the weekend there. We're talking about the uh, glorious... No, we're not. We're, not, we're, not. we're just a wee shout-out for the Lotus Restaurant. Yeah, um, Lotus Restaurant and the Gorbals, there's a petition that we shared. Um, what, what's the kind of the theme of it, the point of it? Essentially, they're in danger of being shut down due to some sort of bullshit visa reason. So, sign the petition, tasty, tasty Chinese food in the Glasgow vicinity, friendly people, shook our hands after the meal. Yeah. That was just a touch of class for me. What was it for you? It was a touch of class. Touch of class. Um, it set yeah. me up well for Father John Miskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go I'm off to a bad start. Yep, off to a bad start. Off to a bad start. Um, but no, so basically on, 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 on Saturday against St. Johnston, Celtic pretty much completed football. Um, we broke our own record set. When was it set? 100 years ago. 100 years ago. 1917. 1917. Um... 63 games unbeaten domestically, which in all seriousness, I know we joke and stuff, but what an absolutely f- fantastic um, record to break. Uh, obviously, we'll get to the games that we've, we've played recently and we'll kind of have an overview of them. But just on the 63 games unbeaten domestic run, here's a couple of stats. It started on the 15th of May 2016 with Ronnie Dyla's last match um, where we dominated uh, Dundee United. Um, since then, so it's the 15th of May 2016 to currently the 4th of November 2017. 56 games won, 7 draws, um, 7 months and 21 days. Uh, obviously that includes domestic cup finals, domestic semi-finals, so trips to Hamden, big pressure games. Um, we're obviously going to get some of the highlights of what our kind of highlights are. We'll get some of the listener highlights as well. Been a lot of semis in those those highlights. <laughs> I was trying to ice him. I was trying to ice him, be quiet, and then later on. But it was too funny. Lo- I love a semi. Carry on. Uh, so Ronnie's <laughs> roar kicked off. That's so Ronnie Dyla, um, kind of, in essence, in, in essence, this is more about Ronnie Dyla as about, um, <laughs> about Brendan Rodgers. Let's be honest. He started it. So... <laughs> Absolutely. Good. Um, no, but so, Louis, let me ask you this. In all seriousness, uh, people are trying to underplay the the actual, the fact that, you know, such a fantastic kind of run of games is, is gone, 63 games unbeaten. How impressive is it? Like, in terms of, where would you put it? Because people are kind of questioning, well, Rangers aren't there, Rangers aren't, there's no, not a strong Rangers, all that utter garbage because ultimately every game you go into the opposition are going to beat you and the longer the the, the, the run goes the harder it is to get over that line oh, I think it's been easy with Rangers oh, no, I'm just um, <coughs> no absolutely I mean it shows it, it, it shows more a kind of mental side of the, of the team in the game rather than anything else I mean <coughs> as you say about you know semi-finals of cup competitions and um, you know, playing games after European games with only a couple of days turnover and these are all times when, you know, the pressure's on and you might get slack and you might end up, you know, losing a game, whatever, and the fact that we've been able to maintain such a run is a massive credit to the players. And although you say like Ronnie Dyla maybe started it off for the the first game or whatever I mean, it's largely the same group of players, pretty much. Yeah. Um, there's only been a few additions. I mean, even in recent games, 
there's still only been a few additions that are actually Rogers' own players. So it's, it, that also shows you the massive impact that Brendan Rogers has had because for a for a time there towards the end, Ronnie Dyla, Ronnie Dyla's team weren't you know sure consistent was. at all, and now to suddenly have this level of consistency from when you first come into a club is staggering. So when you talk the, about that winning mentality, like, you know that champion kind of mentality, it's exactly what Rogers has brought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah. you you see it with Rangers. I mean, Kashinia couldn't win three games in a row. I mean, that's. Okay, partly, maybe partly down to him, and obviously Rogers is a, a far better manager, but at the same time, it's not easy. It's a competitive environment where you're playing against 11 guys against 11 guys. The fact that he's been able to rotate the team and take them through all of these major milestones to then culminate in this is, is huge. While also, um, you know, having to kind of motiv- re-motivate the players. You know, after the Barcelona game where we got stuffed, and after the PSG game where we got stuffed, and, and that happens in European football, it's not just us, it's, it's indicative of, you know, the gap within, you know, the elite clubs and where we are. Um, but to actually motivate the players after that, um, as well, to get them back on track. Kieran, on Saturday, Rogers played his uh, the same lineup two games in a row for the first time under his reign. Was it not the second time? Sorry, sec- was second, it the second time? I think they said the commentary second time, yeah. Um, quite anyway, it's, it's not a lot. That's also something you have to consideration, the consist- consistent chopping and changing. Yeah, that's obviously why at times we, we've we always got a slow start. Many, many, So many games, we always, first half, it's quite slow. People are, the players are trying to get in, in, into the game a bit. Um, and in the second half, Rodgers obviously sees um, the kind of... Uh, Gaps or uh, weaknesses in the opposition, and then change it around a little bit. Must tell certain players do this, do that, and then you always see in the second half we just can fire out the blocks and tend to score a lot more goals and start to play a lot better. Yeah. Um. But we, I'm more. Th- it'd be interesting to know that or see that had we another game midweek, would he have played the same ge- same team again? Because technically we're now in the national break. Yeah. So a lot of the players. Maybe we're going away for that. Logic's, go, Logic's going away for obviously the big playoff the, game. The qualifiers, the team, the players involved in the qualifiers will be away, but ones and friendlies won't be because there's Griffiths pulled out. Um, well, there's a lot of select players um, called up to the Scotland squad, and most of them will take part. Sure, Armstrong yeah. again will take part. Um, if I had been, it'd be interesting to see if we still play the same so the same players. Same players yeah. um, Bowd, um, it's like you get hood up. It's like eight mile. I don't know what. You- Eminem, yeah. Um, Bowd, what was your kind of? You, you, you're the man on Twitter. You're the Twitter man today. Um, can you tell us firstly start with um, what your kind of highlight of the, the this kind of unbelievable run um, has been and why? Yeah, obviously a lot of great moments, but for me it was um, it was the final there against Aberdeen with the the Rogic goal. There was two finals there, if you remember, you absolute prick with Rogic goals. So can you be a little <laughs> bit more? <laughs> Last minute, Rogic belts it in. No, but what what final? <coughs> the Scottish Cup final. There you go. That's all you needed to say. That's all. That's all I was. Um, the treble winning one. Yeah. Well, they were both part of a treble, but yeah, but the the one that only one won it. The the treble. Um. So why was that genuinely? Why was that so important to you? Um. Obviously, we grew up in a period of only the only real trophy we ever really won in the nineties was the. Um. Obviously, other than the, I mean. 
cup wise was the Scottish Cup um, in 1996. So, um, no, it's nothing to do with that, mate. You're talking shit. <laughs> well, can you give me the? No, it was just it was as you say. It sealed the treble. It can was actually. It was a challenge, and you know Aberdeen actually put up a good game, so it looked like there was some chance that we wouldn't win that treble, and that this run would come to an end, and then just an absolute moment of magic from Tam Rogic. It was a it was a real genuinely unbelievable game of football. I thought it was two teams at the top of their game. Aberdeen did so well to try and contain us, but we're too good. We're too good, and we've got too many moments of magic from the the Aussie magician. Uh, Louis, what would be your kind of highlight from the 63 games unbeaten domestically? Well, <coughs> before I go on to mine, I just say that's my, that was the best moment of the season of last year. Humanity, yes. oh, humanity. Um, I, I think that was the single best moment I've had in football in a long, long probably since the Barca game. That was just incredible when he scored that in the last minute. Um, I was in Dublin for it and the place went mental, but that was... I mean, the 5-1 Ibrooks was something as well, but no, that was amazing. But one highlight for me, that maybe not the most obvious one or final or anything like that, was um, Motherwell um, away. Um, and Tom Rogic again, because he's just the greatest, um, won the game in the last... Last minute? No. I think we had a bit of a comeback. Calmac scored first. Yeah, Calmac. Um, it wasn't the last minute. We're not calling him Calmac. Sorry. Callum McGregor. Call him by Sir Callum McGregor. Calmac's yes. fine. Calmac. Call him you Calmac, call him however, like. yeah. yeah. I, I hope uh, Calmac is on the agenda for the night, by the way, because we, we really need to talk about that. Let me just say, Cal- former Calcial Mac. Former. Uh, Love Affair. Former Cynic, uh, Chris Salmani. He's uh, he'd, he'd, a lot, he'd, a lot, he'd, he'd a lot to say about Kilmack, but we'll probably never hear this point of view again. Exactly, that's a good point. Um, so, but yeah, my, that that game would be my highlight. Um, Motherwell uh, away. Was it? Am I plucking four three out of nowhere? No, it was, was four three. Was it four three? Yeah. Um, Louis Moult scored the two, two, two tremendous goals, finishes. Two yeah. Um, then we got we equalised and then they scored again. Um, but anyway, sorry. But yeah, um, it was just a f- fantastic comeback, a brilliant comeback, um, <laughs> and the way he sealed it with that goal, it just I was in the pub and again place went mental. But that would be that would be. One of my one of my highlights of the run yet. Yeah, um, just to confirm, um, Louis Moult scored two goals. Um, they were two 0 up. We got a goal through Callum McGregor. Then Patrick Roberts scored a goal. If I remember, it was a terrific setup from Stuart Armstrong. Then they went up the pitch and scored straight away to make it three um, two. Um, and then Stuart scored in the seventy second minute, and then Tom scored in the last minute. I didn't actually realise it was actually the ninetieth minute, but yeah. but there you go. Um, terrific stuff, um, Kieran. Uh, your highlight of the 63 game unbeaten run domestically um, there, there has been many there has obviously been the cup final which uh, one Kieran which so one which cup, cup final which cup final to seal it in the last minute but one game I kind of enjoyed a lot was uh, the visit to Ibrooks and we smashed them 5-1 quite enjoyed that because it was in their home it was in their patch and it shut them right up to to make them aware of them, like, do you know what? You are no still, still nowhere near us. You can keep doing all this shouting and ball and all that in the media. He's done a wee hand thing, like it's done a wee hand thing. At the end of the day, you are miles behind us, and you will be. Um, 
and that was very enjoyable. Yeah, um, obviously um, uh, dominating, letting everyone know that Glasgow is uh, green and white is always good. Um, so that was, that was terrific. The, the thing that frustrated me a little about that game was Scott Sinclair missed two absolute sitters. I mean, it literally could have been seven or eight. Um, but there you go. My highlight of the 63 game unbeaten domestically, Michael Lustig. <laughs> why is that? That's just unsurprising. There you go. So why are you surprised? Why are you I, acting why surprised? I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm disappointed myself for not knowing that I was going to be here. I believe he scored in that 5-1 game. Um, I believe he scored recently in the uh, semi-final. Was it two goals? Um, he looks handsome. He's hip. I'm sure he's he like, likes the original sort of vinyl printings of various different bands. He's an insta-hero. He's an insta-hero. Thing that he, he loves hummus. He makes his own gin. Makes his own gin. Of course, who doesn't? The well, Invincibles. He's an Invincible. Uh, yeah, just taboo. Taboo? I don't know. I heard someone say that one time after the end of a sentence. Um, so, terrific stuff. Can we get some highlights from the from the listeners? I, I sent out a tweet um, just asking what certain people's, just what their kind of thoughts on the 60s. Come on, look, come on, look at me. It was a great game as well. Is that the game you guys were at, eh? <laughs> Just totally made that up. No, it's not. You were at the Kamara Gui game the last season. <laughs> it was awful. All right, it's because you were in Kamara. It was the one only time we wore the pink top. That's right. Yeah, get bowed. Hits out. Yeah. So, Yuzo uh, Simonovic, CSC, Ben the Tim, uh, Wales. He Wales. He's from Wales. I didn't know that. There you go. There you go. Learn something new every day. Did you not see him tweet about Wales when they were uh, international football? <laughs> Oh, I bloody love Celtic, so I do, John Hartson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you're welcome. Jesus. What part of Wales are you That was terrible. Close to Delhi, I think, to be honest with you. Um, uh, he agrees with, I'm going to say, it was Louis that said the Motherwell game, 4-3. Yeah. Yep. It literally happened what, two, two minutes ago. That, it's gone now, it's in the past. Uh, and the Scottish Cup final. Um, Paul Andrew Martin, at 18 Pablo 88. Particularly enjoyed uh, Tom Rogic spinning Peyton to the ground on Saturday. He's a real see you next Tuesday. Cunt. Yep, he's a cunt. And uh, <laughs> out to our That's Peyton, not Rogic. Yeah. Yes, and not Paul Andrew Martin. Lovely guy as far as i I believe Brian knows him. Does he? Oh, there, there you go. go. Maybe not. Might have, been, might have got that wrong. There's <laughs> 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 uh, Brian, another former city. Elcor Mako, Big Tam's goal versus Motherwell, Big Tam's winner versus Cup, Big Tam in general, two five ones versus Rangers and the recent three 0 Petrori. Big Tam's getting a lot of love. Yeah. As he as he absolutely deserves. Yeah, was, this club is built on Tam. It was great against um Kilmarnock, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mac fun again going with Rogic versus Aberdeen. Uh, Couple of uh, Sinclairs actually, Sean McGinley. Uh, His debut goal? Debut goal at Hearts coming off the bench, having signed only that morning. That and was terrific to be fair, yeah. Ronan Kearney, same one. Uh, it was huge, a measure of what was to come. Chief Jackass, uh, he's going with Denver's <laughs> team goal at St Johnston. Denverino, well. Denver's yep, General, Denverton Steel. And uh, there's, fuck it, there's, there's quite a few replies, you're right. It's, Going oh, on here. Jesus, just just actually let read them out and don't oh, go on about okay. how many they are. Uh, Celtic very... at Cole Rogers. He's seen the first five one at Paradise. Uh, Moose's hat trick. Uh, knew something special was happening. Hail, hail. Oh, and he does all the wee things. Aye, loads of wee, wee, wee Celtic kings. Wee, wee Celtic flags. 
That's amazing. That's nice. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, at Lisbon, 1967-2-1. Uh, Scottish Cup final for me. It goes up there. We won our best days ever. Absolutely agree. But Louis saying the same. Uh, Sean Gibson, he's saying the 5-1. The, the, the Gibmeister. Gibmeister General, Gibbington Steel. 5-1 versus Rangers. No way, 1-5 versus Rangers. I see what he's done there. Yeah, he's done that. He's, he's, he's an intelligent young man. I've said that from the start about Gibbo. Aye, aye. Uh, big Lubo, Lubo Moravchik, turns out he's a fan of the show. <laughs> um, Deja Lu, 2-3-4. He's saying he can't get past the 4-3 for Park. That game showed how much the team had improved mentally uh, from before for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what we're, we're talking about, the winning mentality. That's absolutely there. Um, oh, Jesus, please. This is a lot, there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> there's a Christmas tree in the name. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm just going to go with the at. At Shannon X McCauley. Uh, Pedro getting taken out by his own player. That is a great highlight. And uh, we've got the gift there as there's well. There's a Christmas tree in the name there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Aidan Ritchie. He's saying the most recent 3-0 over Aberdeen. Every pundit. Uh, pundit pundit was convinced the run was going to end that's but a very good point that really did what did you think what did you make of that Kieran the Aberdeen game I yeah. thought first half my god just fantastic just some of the most scintillating oh, football we've played fantastic to play. one of the boy almost up there's game of the season or performance of the season anyway well a lot of people have been coming out saying that that performance legitimately was kind of the the most Rogers has gotten out the te- team as a whole and how basically it was Un- we were unplayable at times, which I agree with. I thought everyone to a man um, was just completely clicked at the same time. And what, what was it? Three 0 we beat them. Um, yeah. But also, yeah. rubber stamps just like, how awesome we are, and how no one—not even the second best team in Scotland is close to either now. They're not like, close, says Louis. At the end of the weekend, we draw with Kilmarnock. They are close, says Louis. Yeah, they're all close. It's, very, it's, really it's a very close, close a very league. tight league. Yep. Yeah, but they'd come out and not just camp in. Nah, it's it's one of those. No, it shows you what we can, what we can do, and you know when we click, we are unbelievable. That game, that was that was yeah, performance uh, of the season. I think the I think the big issue with us and all and all seriousness is we've got we're on this run. Um, there's expectation levels now um, with with fans. You know, you know one of the most exciting this season so far. One of the most exciting. No, it's not. It wasn't even an exciting game. One of the most exciting halves of football was when we started when we were losing to Hibs. When Hibs scored those goals and McGinn scored the goal to go ahead to one, because we all kind of looked at each other and thought to ourselves, "Shit, we actually, you know, Hibs are playing well. We have to come back from this." And again, key phrase from from Bowd, winning mentality. We showed a winning mentality. Come back. Okay, we got a draw. But the fact is, um, when we're put under pressure, we. Respond. Respond. And um, we respond in a way that really shows our class. Um, that is, a, is eventually going to end. We will lose at some point. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who it is that kind of ends the run. Um, and as long as it's not them. <laughs> it's fine. Let's We'll come back to those questions, Bowd. You've been terrific. Bowd on the Twitter. Look, hey, brilliant. Oh, woof, Good Bowd. Woof. Yeah. Go Bowd. Yeah, that's pretty solid. <laughs> Proud of yourself. Um, Kieran Tierney has signed a new contract. Six years. Six, six years. Um, he basically said that he would have signed a longer contract, but they agreed on the six-year contract. At the press conference, he was asked if he still had um, aspirations to play in England, and his response was, my entire life all I've ever had is aspirations to play for Celtic. He's batting away those uh, snidey little... Eh, and, uh, you know, fuck those guys. The rats. The rats. Yeah. 
Yuck. Um, Kieran Tierney signing a six-year deal. I'm going to come to... Who shall I come to? I'm going to go to Kieran. Nah, I'll go to you later first. What are your thoughts? It's the greatest news um, I've had in weeks. What, personal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought it was... uh, Overseeing a lot of good personal news in your life, (laughs) but, you know. It was was fantastic. Um, Especially when you read the comments after, you know, it being put to him whether he could be a one a one club man and you know do it, be the next Paul McStay or whatever be the next Dirk Borector wow um, last club that was no. I pers- I personally think he will I think he will be or I think there's a very good chance that he will be um, I know his his potential far exceeds what we can give him. We can't, we can't give him, let's be honest, we can't give him an elite-style platform, unfortunately. No, that's not. That's just the bare fact of it. No, but I think well, I think he's the type of boy that the fact that he loves, like, like us, he just loves Celtic. And I think he knows he's going to be the captain that lifts the trophy for 10 in a row if we, if we were to win it. He, he'll be the captain at that point. Uh, can and I just can I, I just make a jump in for a second? Let's let's rein in. Speaking like we've already won ten in a row, not just you. I'm talking about all of us because football is so fucking fickle. Um, let's no expectations from us. If it happens, it happens. It will be great. But let's not fucking. There are people who talk about it like we've already done it. Nah, that's bullshit. It's in so, the bag. That thing as well. Scott Brown will still be there. Them, I hate them both. That's Scott Brown will still be there. Not really. Hate them all. Scott Brown. There's no way Scott Brown's left in the trophy. Scott Brown's got two years left. Not a chance. So get extended. I don't think it will. No, I can't see. Kwasi, he's not going to move Kwasi out of the way. Kwasi's going to come in and say, cheers, we man. He wouldn't, up he wouldn't play enough games. No, Scott Brown, Scott Brown is... It might, it might end up... Cast my side just like that. It might end up being... I think, I, I think he, he, he knows he's got a limited time left. That limited, only kept Stephen Gerrard for. And look, it was to the detriment. It was to the detriment of Rogers that he kept Stephen Gerrard. And that's the point. Scott Brown... He literally slipped and cost him one slip. That's bullshit, though. Should have been, been put down. Gerard's uh, role in that season was well outweighed that one fucking mistake. It did to an extent, but at the same time, I'm not talking about that season. I'm talking about the season after that. He stayed too long. Anyway, Scott Brown's better than Steve Gerard, so let's move on. Jill Boud, how do you fucking go from? <laughs> Scott, we're not talking about. We were talking about Scott Brown. Nah, That's we why you're talking about Steven Gerrard, it was a comparison. Um, yeah, clown. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm looking for a new 90 Minutes Cynic podcast staff. Um, if you'd like to just tweet us <laughs> at the Galatron. In fact, yeah, it might be a subject. No, so, uh, Keon Tierney, for me personally, I think it's terrific news. I if, Six-year deal, if we get three of those years, I will be incredibly happy. Um... I just think I just think that we can't. I, I want him. To, I'd love him to stay forever. Um, I don't think that's going to happen um, because I just think, for his own sake, it will be up love to him. Set him free. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, give us give us another three years. Uh, that's Rangers just, fan talk. Can I just <laughs> say, see if see if KT wants to go. If he turns around and said he wants to go a bit to further his career, absolutely fair enough. But see if the club. Aye, if the club, uh, if, if, they, the cl- if they turn around and go, no, we want twenty five million, and they take some stupid, you know, twenty five million and let the boy go, 
That would be no, that embarrassing. I, I don't think that Add a zero to that, pal. <laughs> what? Quarter of a billion. <laughs> <laughs> I still think you're um, you're not you're not getting enough from. Um, Big, what are your kind of thoughts on KT? I think that that sixty three is more important than the record breaking. <laughs> Absolutely, it's an excellent point. Um, do you think you'll stay for for that contract? Honestly, will we see six years out of him? I hope so. I I don't know if we will, but um, we certainly. I'd be surprised if he leaves in the next couple of years. Um, being such a big Celtic fan, I, I agree with. Will Louis, I think he'll be here for 10 in a row. Was it Louis or Kieran that said that? Um, aye, so I, and I've, again, as much as I love Scott Brown, there's a very good chance um, come 10 in a row. Well, it'll be, it'll be Kieran that takes arm. No, 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 of course it'll be listed. So being the captain, of course it'll be, it'll be listed that's the captain <coughs> for 10 in a row. Of course. And I'd imagine he'll extend his contract and, and vice captain Tierney if, if he likes. But definitely vice captain listed. There's no question. Um, Kieran, what are your kind of thoughts on KT? How how highly do you rate him? Um, how, do you think at this point that he could go and play at the highest level? Absolutely, and it showed on Tuesday against Bayern, um, where he performed very well against Robin, kept him really quiet. Robin, I think Robin time, beat him once. Yeah, Robin at times had to move to the other wing to get any kind of uh, success getting passes. Um, that that we that we kind of um, hit past Rafinha. And man round him. He beat I mean, him. He's, he beat burned him. him. I mean, he burned him. Doing, doing that against top quality sides. Brazilian, the boys, did you know that? The boy's decent. I think as well, we'll be able to develop him so far against the opposition we play week in, week out. He then might have to take the step up into a bigger team and a bigger club to then develop himself even further into that, almost into that world-class bracket, yeah. which he has the potential to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and will reach that, but it will unfortunately be moving. Yeah, I, I think I think the point is that we're we're all I think we'd all agree that we want him to stay for the rest of his career. Of course we do, um, and we fuck. I love him. I, I, I you know, I, there are players that just hit the nerve, like just hit the nerve of what every Celtic fan is, and that's exactly what Kieran Tierney is. He's a Celtic fan through and through. He genuinely cares about his club, and I think he'll he'll stay as long as he can before he maybe has to move for just. Also, the the fact is sometimes you just have to move. You might get stuck. In, you might get stuck in a rut after five or six years. So that's sometimes the best. There's also also the point of Brendan Rodgers will leave at some point. Yeah, and it's who the club. It could get to a point where the club have to prove that they've still got ambition in order to keep somebody like Kieran Tierney. If they replace him with Malky McKay, then you know, yeah, it's you also have you're bet, You can bet your bottom dollar that. The next club Brendan goes to, assuming he doesn't have two aye. outstanding left backs, he'll be going for Tierney. Oh, absolutely. Aye. I hate that. See when my managers go back and take it. I just, that's just the snidey shit. Maybe he'll be heavy sound and they'll be like, nah, nah, you stay at Celtic. No, nah, I'm a Celtic fan. Um, I want uh, Kieran Tierney to stay at Celtic forever. Yeah. Uh, so Kieran Tierney uh, played, um, uh, obviously, against Bayern Munich. Unfortunately, Celtic lost. Um, but. It was a, a terrific display from, from Celtic at home. We've not won at home since we beat Ajax in 2013. Um, that was the last home victory. We've actually won away since, which is incredible if you think about you know the, the stats coming through the O'Neill era and even to Strachan and stuff. Um, never winning away would be that stuff. Louis, Louis Dog, uh, yes. thoughts on the Bayern Munich performance, first of all. What's your kind of overall take from the performance? 
I have never been so proud of that Celtic team ever. I thought that was. I know, and they've done a lot of a lot of things to be proud of, but I thought that that performance was fantastic. I I actually watched the game back um, yesterday. Um, despite the fact I know we'd get beat, and I, I don't think I've ever watched a game back where we've get beat before. But I really, really wanted to watch that performance again. There's so many players really raised their game, but didn't show any fear. The fact that we, you know, we get beat off a of Bayern away, and get beat off a of PSG. Um, the fact that we we went out and really played like we played football, and we played football to a very high standard. Um, we, play, we played two, football the Glasgow Celtic way. <laughs> yes, two sloppy. Sloppy, avoidable goals cost us, um, and kind of individual mistakes. But overall, just a fantastic performance. And I think there was a lot of um, there was a lot of things like I noticed. One, there was t- two occasions in the first half uh, that particularly stood out, where we counter attacked, and we were counter attacking Bayern Munich, and we don't. I mean, I wouldn't say we were particularly great at counter attacking. Football because we're so possession based domestically that I've always, it's always been one thing that's annoyed me in Europe is that we never seem to switch our play to not being defensive but being able to react when we win the ball to then counter attack with pace and you know key tr- point, yeah. try and key try and hurt the opposition that way. But there was a couple of times. The one, the, the first one was when uh, KT was down the right hand side in the first five minutes. And he he stopped the ball for going out, took it past the boy, stepped inside, and then he I think it was Boating, he went into a challenge with Boating and won it and played the ball for Forrest. And then that was the one that Forrest dinked to the back post for Armstrong. Yeah. And Armstrong Hey, it was a great embarrassing. Run. It was a great but run. Alright. That count that counter attack mostly set up by KT, but a brilliant brilliant ball from Forrest. Fantastic bit of counter attack, and then the other move was the one that ended with the ball going across the box for Dembele, and I can't remember who the defender was. Just managed to nick in and put it out for a corner. I don't think it was Hummels, but he managed to put it out for Hummels a corner. wasn't playing. Um, oh, sorry, but um, maybe I don't know. I can't remember the passage. But anyway, we it was it was just a beautiful p- piece of play. We won it in our own box and broke up the pitch. But I mean, it wasn't just like one long pass running onto it. We played some lovely football on the way up um, and created a, a chance that you know you would have probably fancied Dembele to get the on on the end of. But it was just a kind of it was just a showing of confidence and and and. A feeling that we finally got to that point where we weren't afraid of teams like Bayern Munich, and we we we'd belief in ourselves, and I I thought it was really really encouraging. Kieran, um, thoughts on the midfield? How the midfield played? You obviously had. Will you talk us through it? Um, I thought the midfield played very well. I thought McGregor stepped up and showed that he has the potential to play at this level. There was times when receiving the ball. He was playing it into space. So his first touch was either taking the ball away from a player um, to keep the possession or was going into space mm-hmm. um, and driving forward with it. Um, Scott Brown, again, fantastic, just breaking up play. And then, I mean, 
he got in the face and get in the mind of Vidal that much that Vidal had to get taken off because he was just kind of he, he couldn't play he, could, he was just kind of losing his head um, I thought of James Forrest I mean it's possibly going to be his game of his, game of his career with yeah. us I just thought he was so direct which we don't see enough of him which we need to see more of him why, why was he like that and I'm, I don't, you might I don't know, know the answer I, but. I mean you got you got to assume these players owed themselves and the fans a performance at home in Europe after the PSG PSG were like um, fighting rabbits caught in the headlights we just seem to be starstruck we seem to be standing off um, and I think Rogers has said to him look you need to show Europe that you can perform at this level and you deserve because obviously UEFA are talking about getting all the big teams in and getting rid of all the wee teams we need to so he's like you need to put in a performance and show that you can battle with guys at this level and we did that we went toe to toe with Bayern um, at times played them off the park I mean minimum draw we deserve possibly even a win um, well let me ask you one quick I'm going to say two, letter, two words to you and I'm, I'm interested to see what your response is Scott Sinclair yes was very very quiet um, first half particularly because I was always he was on my side um, now he did an awful lot of pressing and chasing off the ball which for a guy of his Elk. technique and skill you don't want to be doing that you want him to be winning the ball whenever he got the ball he didn't do very much of it but he was he was inside because obviously we played a back three which was a big surprise getting into a European game playing a back three um, and I'd noticed a lot whenever they keep, whenever got in the ball the back three would kind of split Two of them would come deep for the ball. Tierney would then hug the sideline. And Rafinha was stuck between either Mark and him or Sinclair. So Sinclair kinda was coming in, he was playing kinda inside one. Um and Gordon tried one where he played the ball to Tierney because every time this happened, Tierney and Forrest were at the sidelines and there was barely in the round. But Gordon seemed too scared because to, he did it once and he totally missed Tierney. And I think after that he was too scared to do it again. But he just had to try it once more. And I think he would get he would get the confidence of doing it. He just seemed to, he seemed to lose the confidence doing that. And I think that would have helped us get up the park more quicker. Yeah. Because uh, most of the time we end up having to just lump it up um, yeah. towards Dembele, which is not quite his game. We always talk about it. Yeah, I thought that um, the, the one opportunity where Scott Sinclair found space and started driving, he completely miscontrolled the ball and just uh, drove right into the Bayern sort of... Uh, uh, opposition. About do you have the attempted passing stats? They should be there because um, we've got the the kind of press kit open. Um, it should be an individual. What did you think? Let me see. I'll get it. Um, what did you think of the of the of the game overall? Your thoughts? Yeah, I absolutely agree with what the guys were saying. It's fantastic performance from Celtic. I think there was a lot of just standout performances. Forrest was phenomenal, um, not just that he was being direct, but the quality of some of the balls he was playing was just out of this world. Um, Equaliser? Yep. Uh, Brown, as Kieran said, was amazing. And just, I get, the reason Brown's so important for us in Europe is that he does uh, show for the ball. He gives people options, which is what we need because we tend to get pressed a lot uh, a lot more when we're playing against top quality European sides. So having somebody that kind of opens up um opens up opportunities for the rest of the players to, to move the ball. It's really important. Uh, I don't know if we've really talked... Well... Talk about that. No, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, no, what I was going to mention was Boyata. Um, <laughs> what about the mistake? Okay, in all seriousness, what about the mistake? Um, 
a lot of people blaming Gordon, um, but at this, the, the kind of post-match press conference, uh, Brendan Rodgers said he was happy with his uh, positioning, and that's what he wants his goalkeeper to be, and it was just an unlucky mistake. Um, I don't. I, was Gordon perfect for that goal? No, but once that happens with Boyata, Gordon's just. He's got to make a decision. Yeah, there's. It's it's he makes a decision and gets it wrong, then doesn't make a decision because a lot of the time a lot of the players will just that the goalkeeper will just be caught in no man's land. Whereas at least he tried to actually get the ball. Yeah, the thing is, though, see when that happened, when that sort of thing happens, we look so amateurish. I mean that that was like <clears throat> that that was a, a few players making a mistake at the same time, and it makes us look. Daft, I think. I mean, how how does that happen? Uh, how can it, can it was kind of like a cha- chain reaction? Boyata should have headed it and he let it bounce, and then Gordon comes fl- like running out, flapping about, doing nothing. I mean, that sort of thing surely should that should be coached out of the players by now. They shouldn't be making those daft mistakes. Like Boyata should stick his head in that ball. He should stick his head in that at ball. Um, but he, he should know. He should know to do that, though. Can, can I just um, highlight this uh, this point here? This is um, the pass completion stat. The pass completion stats. The distribution in general. Um, so to highlight what I would kind of say. Um, so James Forrest um, attempted to make um, attempted. Sorry, attempted fifty one passes. Completed thirty nine. Seventy six percent pass completion rate. Um, for a winger, you would say. That's fair enough. Uh, Scott Brown, um, passes attempted, 84. Passes completed, 81. That's 96%. Scott Sinclair, attempted passes, 9. Completed, 8. He only made 9 pass attempts, which is is insane. Everyone else's stats in terms of uh, passing is... Um, what about Stuart Armstrong? Stuart Armstrong, handsomeness, 41%. That's, that's really low. No, um, uh, it's out of 42. All right, okay. <laughs> um, Stuart attempted passes, 47, completed 41. He had an 87% pass success rate. The best pass success rate was Scott Brown, there's no question. Um, actually, no... Um, Oh, yeah. Boyata had the, had the same pass success rate. Centre backs, it's obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah, back and forth. Uh, Cal Mack had 86%, 44 attempts, 38 completed. Um, but yeah, so I mean, from from all that, and, you know, the, the, the game against Kilmarnock as well, um, Scott, Scott Sinclair seems to be going through. A period, I don't know, obviously this brings us into the St Johnston game where he scored and had a really good game. It seems to be going through a period where, or maybe it's just, it's wingers as well. I mean, wingers in general tend to fluctuate in terms of um, yeah. form. So they're, what, you're, you're not going to hold that against them. I would just, I'd like to see... You a seem li- to be. What's your problem, Chris? <laughs> I'd like to see a little bit more from Sinclair is, is all I'm saying this season. He's, he's contributed a lot. He's not hit the heights of last season, and I'm abs- I'm certain that will come. He just sometimes look like. Is it me or does he sometimes look like he looks at, lacks a little bit of confidence? Kieran, am I, is that something you would maybe say that Sinclair, maybe you don't think so? I don't know. Just sometimes his head seems to go down. Yeah, I think as well, but I think a lot of people are 
singling him out as one of the danger men and at times are doubling up. That's an excellent so point as well, yeah, He's making it hard for him. He's, he's, he's not having to get past one player, he's having to get past two players. Um, also, a lot of his game is cutting in. And again, you're going to cut in to con- congested the air- area. So he's good at taking players on and getting past them, but there's only so many players he can get the ball past. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe maybe I'm expecting too much from. There, there's no. I'm not. I'm not questioning his ability or his technique or his, you know, his, his commitment. But he just seems to be like treading water a little bit sometimes. He, had, he has. He has been pretty poor. His form has been patchy. Yeah. But see, when he, I also think when he first came in. He had such a big impact because he was such a big name. But the way we played, we tried to exploit him constantly. I mean, he was a magnet for the ball for quite a while. Yeah. So he had a lot more time on the ball. He he was a lot more direct. Now he's had to change his game because Tierney... Tierney's the one that will try and get to the byline. So as Kieran says, he's always cutting in. But he's got Tierney on that side, so he's kind of sharing with arguably the most talented player on the pitch. He's sharing a side of the pitch. No, like he's on the left hand side. What? Sinclair's on the left hand side. He's Talking not about right. Lustig being the, the right most talented. Oh, you're minging. Um, so I, I think there's. Uh, right we're, we're maybe more varied in our play as well, and he's maybe not seen as much of the ball, but when he does get it. I agree. I, I would personally like to see him stay out wide and be more of a traditional winger. I mean, I, I, cutting in is is good and it has its place, but I think you're, first and foremost, your wingers should be trying to, get to iso- line, isolate yeah. someone, take them on, and then get whip across in. Which is what Forrest was doing to a ridiculously high level against Bayern and against St. Johnson at the weekend again. Um, what do you think of... In fact, I'll give my opinion and then I'll get a backup probably from Boud. You two guys are probably turning up. I'm looking for a backup from you, Boud. Um, Stuart Armstrong against Bayern. Um, within the space of one passage of play, he would be so impressive and then he would give the ball away. He did He did it. He gave the ball away with, with no pressure on him, at least at least three times in the Bayern Munich game. Um, but for every time every time he does one sort of slack pass or slack run or not, you know, missing that kind of shot that, you know, the run. The run itself to get into that position was was tremendous. He had some really, his energy and how he moves with the ball. I just think that's what we've got, we're going to get with Stuart Armstrong. I think his game is going to be um, sublime one minute and, you know, you can have a period, sustained, sustained period of great technique and great ability. And then I don't know if his, is it his head maybe that goes a little bit in terms of concentration bowed or... Um, what, what's your kind of thoughts on Stuart Armstrong specifically in the Bayern game? Yeah, he, he was a bit up and down, as you say, because it, it wasn't. There was a lot of people saying he was he was just terrible. There were moments which in the Bayern nonsense. game which were were great, um, like what, and, like getting into the position to have that chance. The shot, the the, the two <laughs> shots he had when he bro- he broke. Fucking hell! What are you doing? <laughs> attempting to smash my phone, but I failed twice. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Um, the, the the shots in the second half when he basically... He, you've ruined it. He's laughing now. He was going to laugh anyway at your straight point. Um, I was think, backing your point up, you fucking dickhead. But, um, aye. I think this... See with Sinclair, just to completely ruin your point and go back. Oh, fucking hell. You didn't come to me on Sinclair, so this is what's happening now. 
Uh, no, I think the fact that he's now... I'm learning life, lefen- life he, lessons. He's been in a slump. He's trying too hard as well. See against Bayern, see against PSG as well in some of the other games. He's trying to cut past two or three people at the same time. He's trying too hard. So that's and I think there's a little bit of that in Armstrong. I, I think Armstrong is just... Uh, he just needs to focus. I don't. I still don't think he's fully focused. I think Armstrong and certain other people in this room need to focus, Louis. Aye. <laughs> he does what... He says one good comment and he's laughing. Yep. Is the Armstrong of the podcast? Oh, Absolutely God. terrible. Only shit our hair. Wow. It's not really that bad. No, it's actually, it's, to be honest, it's, his hair's terrific as well. Um... So, I mean, for, with the Bayern Munich game overall, um, I think we restored a little bit of pride. Um, I thought Bitton had a tremendous game. Um, that might be to do with the fact that they didn't actually have a striker, per se. They'd uh, James Rodriguez kind of floating in between the sort of false nine position. And do you um, know one thing as well that showed about Bitton? It was, must have been late in the game, 70th, 80th minute. He sprinted from his position into their right-back position. And closed the ball down, yeah. To get the ball. And he actually, he managed to make connection because if he didn't make connection with the, with the ball, he was sending that guy in right there. But it was just that passion and that commitment to get that ball, which I think kind of transcended through the rest of the team as well. Yeah. And really did give a, a passionate performance as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think also, um, and I know I was joking about Lustig earlier, but he handled Coman very, very well. Um, he consistently stopped him getting balls into the box, except probably for the... But he contained a, 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 a player that's full of uh, pace and skill as well. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic performance. Um, and I think a little bit of almost redemption for uh, McGregor with that goal against the German sides, having so much composure to, composure to score that goal. Thinking back to last year. We it, was literally, it was literally almost a year ago. Um, to the, to, it was and to and do you know what? What an atmosphere! See when that ball went in, that goal went in the back of it. Jesus Christ! Not have, it's been a long time since we experienced Parkhead like that. Yeah, it was an incredible eruption of just sheer euphoria and cheer. Well, that'll be the that'll be the phone broke, ladies and gentlemen. Totally. <laughs> the phone actually broke. Um, but I just I mean throughout the whole game, begin the game as well. Just just the atmosphere. It's just it's, it's talked about and it's rightly so should get talked about because it is very impressive. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the Bayern game uh, was Dembele still getting kind of back into his traction, but he was he was kind of a cutting that bit of an isolated figure at times. But he still held the ball up well when he could. Two fullbacks were phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean all round, I thought everyone played really well. I thought McGregor, as someone who has criticised McGregor in the past, it's good to see someone legitimately listen to my concerns. Uh, let's get into this. Come on, let's get, this is the McGregor section of the podcast. All right, McGregor se- section of the podcast. Uh, he looked um, composed, as Kieran says. He looked very composed on the ball. Um, tight spaces. He could deal with uh, pressure. He's not Good giving looks. And, and against the Bayern game, uh, against Bayern, he. he he was almost. I know, obviously, the stats say that he gave the ball away two or three times, but you know, a lot, almost every player to a man did. Um, but he kept the ball very well. Um, his running off the ball and his running into space was was terrific. Um, as someone who's a massive fan of Tom Rogic, Louis, and mm-hmm. we've got that sort of let's say three five. Um, sorry, well, if it is three five two, then that does kind of change things a little bit. But let's say four two three one is how we are. Mm-hmm. Going to line up um, most days. Mm-hmm. McGregor is he better sitting or is he better in that number ten spot? Better, better sitting. <laughs> so, so he doesn't take Rogic's spot. Is that absolutely? Is that just just fit him in? 
Um, no, I'd, I'd would have him in there ahead of Armstrong. Um, if because I mean you would have to say that Brown has to be there. So Brown, Brown, McGregor, and Rogic would be my three. I think. Um, and, and I, ju- I just think it's becoming increasingly more difficult to have any sort of argument against him. His role in the team, his influence on the team, and his technique and everything has. It just keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, he's. I, I think he's getting a level of consistency now that he's 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 not had before, and maybe that was a criticism of him before. Yeah, and, that was, and yeah. maybe fair, but but now I think he has really, really came on in the last, you know, the last six months of football that he's played after being because he was out for a wee while. Yeah, and he's came back in and he's been. He's been brilliant. It is about um, sorry Eminem um, McGregor. What you're kind of Matthew Mayfors. 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 You can't do anything right. Your whole life is a joke. Sorry, yeah. that was maybe too far. <laughs> but it's about close to the bone. It's about his whole life a joke. Tweet is at nineteen minutes. I think. Nah, I don't actually do that. That's a shame. Um, with uh, with McGregor though. You know, Louis saying there that he deserves his run running the team, and I kind of agree with him. Um, where has he improved for you? Why is he? Is it just as Louis says, his consistency, or is it just a tactical point of view? Why was he so good against Bayern Munich? Questions that <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> why was he good? No, why for you was he good against Bayern Munich? And what? Why would you w- would you consistently play him from now on? Would you give him a run of maybe five or six games where maybe he's the kind of main man? Uh, he's never going to be the main man. But as, as, as he more, is he more than the squad player that people said yeah, he was? Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, well, he's been take, he's taken Rodic's position for he's taken Rodic's spot the last two games, the two big games against Aberdeen and against. Um, Bayern Munich Rog- Rogic who has been a match winner for us for, for the last two years he's been a phenomenal match winner and now McGregor is getting picked ahead of him so my question is does he deserve a starting berth in the big it's games ahead of Rogic at the moment I think it's tough because when you see Rogic come back into the sides he actually makes a huge difference to how we play what I would say right now our best Three in that midfield are Brown, McGregor, and Rogic. However, for the the way that we want to play, as you say, really McGregor and Rogic are are vying for that position. Although he can come back to support Brown, but um, for me, it's um, Brown, Armstrong, and uh, it's a toss up between McGregor and Rogic. They bring so they're so different, and they bring such great things. Both of them, um, yeah. I wait to resolve it as. As we've shown, ask to play have twelve players. No, <laughs> play 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 a back three, and have don't always start Sinclair. We don't seem to have to if Sinclair's not performing to the levels we expect him of just now. Why not give him a couple of starts where he where in the bench, and you would go with your Brown Armstrong and you would have Rodic and McGregor next to each other behind the striker Dunbarry because you'd obviously have Keaty in the left and Forrest in the right with the back three, so that gives you room to have technically four in midfield which would allow you to have McGregor with Rodic on a kind of slightly free role, but still have Brown and Armstrong as your as your could workers in midfield. So and end up congestion. But that's how it works just now with back three, you know, because if it, you, with back three, you've got three, the, the two midfield hold sitters, and then you've also got another two 
kind of number tens behind the striker because you've got KT and Foz there away. That's why Sinclair sits in a little bit. I mean, I really, that's why he gets lost a bit more. So if if McGregor can play that better role, then why not give a chance of having McGregor and Rodgers play it and have Sinclair on the bench for a couple? I, I mean, I, this this is the sort of incredible sort of conversations that we're having where we've got so many good players we can't fit them all into the same team, which is terrific. Um, Rogic, I'm sorry, Rogers seems to really like to squad rotate and to give players a run of maybe three or four games and then rest them, bring different people in at different times. You know, Gamboa getting a wee run um, a couple of weeks ago, and I know that might be down to maybe from an injury point of view. Um, the highlight, the point that we're still going to make is we are VR. blessed in midfield with an abundance of talent. We've got some tremendous wingers. We've got some really good fullbacks. Um, it's just that centre of defence, which obviously was highlighted by, okay, Boyata made an individual mistake and had a good game other than that, but Boyata still a little... Boyata still gets... playing with one yeah. actual centre-back. But we're playing with one centre-back, and Boyata still gets a little bit nervous because he doesn't necessarily know the position of the player he's playing with because one week it's Jozo Saminovic, and then the next week it's Lustig, and then the week after that it's Biton. So oh, it's a back two and a back three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What were you going to say, Lou Dog? I was just going to say on your point about how we're so blessed in the middle of the park. You know, we've not mentioned Incham, we've not mentioned Kouassi. I mean, both of those players um, are fighting for positions in the team as well. And I think... Well, let's move on to St. Johnson and just... Well, I was was just going to say, what do you think will be the the natural progression of the midfield? Because I think Armstrong, Armstrong wants to go. That that contract was just a mistake. He's he's off next summer. Brown has only got two pr- years, maybe two two seasons. One he'll probably be fading out. You know whether we can keep a hold of the rest of them. I don't know. I mean McGregor's so I think McGregor's so important because Brown can't play in any other position but his position. Roger can't play in any other position but his number ten. Whereas McGregor can play in all three of the midfield, the midfield three, he can also play out in the left, and he's also played the left back. Armstrong's probably the only other midfielder that's versatile enough to play more than one position, um, but he'll probably be away next year. Um, it's an interesting point, and it's something. You know, that, do, also, do we need to? Because there's, there's talk about, you know, there was always talk about buying a big name centre midfielder, something like the likes of um, McCarthy or James McLean or somebody like that. James McLean. Do we, James McLean, just, I'm like making this point, James McLean's not good enough for Celtic. No, fair, fair enough. Fucking but hell. We, we don't actually need, I don't think we need a central midfielder and it would be at the expense of one of the ones that's already there. What we're lacking, think, sorry, bad going. Yeah, well, I think the question mark is, is Kwasi good enough to replace Brown? That's where we might need to buy another midfielder. Kwasi looks decent, we haven't seen enough of him to say he can come in and fill those shoes. I think but we need I, I a think Brown replacement at some point. In that game, it was the Kelly game. It was the commandment game. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. Um, I think that's the plan. The plan, I think, would probably be Kowasi would be seen as the long-term replacement. Um, from what I've seen him, um, he's composing the ball. He's nippy. He's a biter. He's an ankle getting in amongst you. He's a Bruni and that all that. But he's not going to get a chance. <laughs> 
He's not yeah. going to get a run in the team until Brown's injured. Because we're not going to sacrifice Brown for him because we need Brown as much as we can. <laughs> sacrifice Brown? Jesus Christ, I just had an image of a, a table with fucking Brendan Rodgers. So, he's, he's not going to get... We're not, he's not going to get a chance of improving and developing when he's. We're not going to give him. We're not. We're not. We won't be willing to give him three, four, five, maybe even six games in a, in a row. Well, you know, this, this, this. You know, you don't have a problem until someone gets sent off or someone's you know injured. Um, Scott Brown is is obviously he's a lot older than he was. Um, thankfully, he's not had you know any horrendous injuries recently that's kept him out for an extended period of time. But you know, bookings mount up. You know, um, there's going to be a congestion. Could you play Brown? Could, yeah, they're going. To, there always is a, con, a, a fixture congestion, especially around Christmas time. Could Brown and Kawasi play together? Um, probably. Um, so you know, there are ways you can kind of put Kawasi in. Another yeah. thing as well, going back to the Armstrong point, I, I don't. I think this the summer coming will be different to the previous summer. I think there'll be less interest now because his form has been so up and down this season. He's not really played. I think as well as he played last season. No, he's not. So he's not going to get a big club move. So I don't is think he happy to go and sit in a relegation dogfight. I don't think for a th- season than he is winning trophies with us. Stuart Armstrong to me, um, I, I, obviously I'm a fan of Stuart Armstrong and I really like him. Um, however, I think he'll go next summer. I honestly don't think the club that comes in from matters. I think he just wants to play in the Premiership. Do um, you think it's dead weird to him? I think th- he must have been really badly advised. Because he looks... He, Surprising, he's not, so, he's not so bad to know, but... I, I mean, he came for Dundee United, and he's playing against Bayern Munich. Does, and he, he, yeah, he, he seems if, to have kind of spat the dummy a bit. And if he went to England, he would have doubled or trebled his wages. Quadrupled his wages. I get that, I get that but I, he's... He seems... He doesn't seem like that type of player, or he, I didn't have, a, have him pegged as that type. Well, here's the thing. There's, I don't mind a player having ambition. Um, the English league is one of the top five in in, in the world. Uh, but that's I, not about ambition. That's about of course fucking it is. money. No, well, it's it's about play, if, 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 if Stuart Armstrong thinks that he can go to West Bromwich Albion, right? And, what, and finish tenth? No, but the point. It's not about that. It's about you improving. It's about you standing out as a player. So if you go to we- Tony Pulis, piss off. Stay at Celtic, win trophies, playing the Champions League against some of the best teams in the world. Yeah, play for a manager like Brendan Rodgers. Don't give us your shite wanting to go to West Brom. Hold on a minute. Up if you, the road. If you may, let me make the point. The point is, if you go down to England and you look at look at Victor Wanyama, look at Virgil Van Dijk. They went to Southampton, who was Armstrong was linked with. They impressed and they got moved to the top five clubs. Well, uh, Virgil Van Dijk hasn't yet, but the fact is, if you go down to England and you impress. At that level, over a couple of years, you could get linked with a bigger club. But he's not at the levels of what those players were. But it's not about that. It's about his ambition to try to be. It's about his t- him taking an opportunity. Listen, it's I an easier step to, st- to a top five English team us. from then, England. Yeah, than from he also us, now yeah. needs to show that he's good enough to play. Well, well, then, right now, I don't think even West Brom would come in from anymore. Whether he's good enough isn't the point. The point is what he wants to do. So, so the fact is, Stuart Armstrong, I believe, if Huddersfield came in for Stuart Armstrong, he would go. Stuart Armstrong wants the opportunity to play in England because he wants to play at the highest level. That's fair enough. I am at the point right now where if Stuart Armstrong turned around and went, I'm leaving in January, I would be like, that's a shame. Shake your hand, off you go. I wouldn't be as disappointed with it. Um, uh, what do you call it? Well, sorry. 
How to decline? Push that. Yep, there you go. The decline button. Sure. It says decline. I wouldn't be as uh, disappointed um, now as I would have been last season. Because um, I, I like him, I think he's great. But again, it comes down to the old adage, if you don't want to be here, then go. Uh, the St. Johnston match, Kieran, thoughts? Um, first half, uh, again, it was... We, we kind of controlled the game. Um, again, have the possession. Um, I didn't think we beat them down as much as we could have. Um, in the second half, obviously, we got a lot better. Um, started playing some really good football. Obviously, scoring so many goals. Um, was it 4 0, wasn't it? 4 0, it was, yeah. 4 0. Um, I thought, yeah, the, the, the play, again, went with the exact. See, the thing as well, went with the exact same team and formation as Tuesday. So you, they're obviously on a high with that, and the confidence was so high from the, the, the performance against Bayern that they used that into. They kind of kept that with themselves and it's St. Johnson because, again, Perth can be a tough place to go to, and um, we've experienced ourselves previously over the last season. That not not in the now though. Not now, obviously. They're shite now. They're, they're a poor they're a poor on a form just now, which has probably worked out well for for us turning up. Then that's why we've kind of scalped them. Um, but again, it's it's the potential for another one of these team games where you you could see a defeat. But again, the 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 the, the team didn't allow that. Um, Bide, uh who impressed you? Um, who stood out for you? Um, as Kieran says, we had a big, big, tough game on Tuesday against uh, Bayern Munich, and we're going into this game. You know, it is tough to go to Perth um, because it's forty minutes in the car, and you know those car rides are always a bastard. Bored. <laughs> nah, it's difficult, mate. It's difficult. It's a challenging time. Um, um, I think I don't think he's quite at peak form, but I think Dembele, um yeah, looked good. Um, started to show a bit more of. His movement and um, the setup for in Cham's goal, I thought, was terrific. Yeah, I and that's in Cham's goal was just really, really, class. really class piece of work. Um, and so, and obviously, Dembele kind of was was a standout. Louis, uh, what for you was uh, kind of highlight um, against the St. Johnson? Um, <clears throat> probably just Tam's feet. I think. Um, when he, when, as mentioned earlier, when he um, absolutely uh, battered, because that's what you Peyton need to do to somebody like that, Peyton. That's what you do to him. You don't, you don't go for his ankles. You humiliate him and show him the levels. And Tam's feet, his hands that are at the bottom of his legs, it's embarrassed him. Weird. That's his hand legs. Well, you saying he's got dexterity in his feet. His feet are like hands. They're not like his normal feet. Feet hands. Yep. Like yeah. He could else. use his, his pinky toe to like right. bargain, um, <laughs> but you know Tam came on and he did. He did. I know uh, that would be. A, I, I I personally thought they gave him certainly first half. Anyway, I, I thought we did look as if we were a wee bit tired mentally. From, I thought so. Too, I thought to, to, to. I didn't think it was a great a great performance. I mean, it was a dominant yeah, performance. Seventy one percent possession. Yeah, oh, we we don't we dominated without being particularly. It wasn't like Aberdeen where we dominated so much, but we, at every point we looked dangerous and we looked creative and dynamic. We weren't quite at that. I think towards the end it looked a bit training ground, like we were just in control. We were going through the motions to get up the road with the with points, but um, but I mean, <laughs> you can't complain at winning at somewhere like Perth. Perth. I mean, to be fair, they're not doing too well in now, St. Johnson, but. Not one in seven. Was it Saskina? They've not scored in six. five or six as well. Why, so. why is O'Halloran not starting? Well, he came on. 
He came back. He's been injured. He was just coming back from injury. Yeah. We weren't um, too sure if they're going to risk him for the game. I, I think you get I think Tommy Wright, you know, he's done so well with him, but like anything, you kinda get to a point where what more can you really do? They've qualified for Europe the last what four or five seasons, got them top six finishes, um the turnaround of players, you know, it's it's such a small uh, you know, budget he's got there, and he has to turn around players at such kind of uh, like an optimum. And um, when someone goes out, you have to try and you know fill that gap. And it's a small, it's tough to attract players and stuff. So it might just be the end of this sort of run for Tommy. Tommy, right? He, he might, who knows? Uh, you know, if, whether to go to whether Ibrooks or Ibrooks, whether Rangers would look at him, I don't know, but. Yeah. Um, anyway, ultimately, it was a terrific performance. Do you know where? I, do, do you know where I think he'll go? Where Aberdeen? No. Hearts. There's no chance Craig Levine's staying there for long, and I, I don't think he'll get a move back up the stair either. I think Tommy Wright would be. I don't think. I don't think there's going to be a position available at Aberdeen anyway. But Hearts, new stadium, d- decent off the off the field. Might be a might be a great opportunity for Tommy Wright. That all does just depend on who uh, on what Craig Levine does next, um, because you know ultimately he's there till at least the end of the season. So, I mean, he is the Hearts manager. So, who knows? Anyway, I don't, tira- 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 I don't think it will be for much longer. Um, is he going to fire himself? Fuck <laughs> it, because he's you know director of football. Yeah, he's got a piece in, he's got on the board as well. Though. And Budge will budge him out the door. <laughs> Happy with that? It's a is it a pun? Is it a pun? It is. The delivery could have been a little better, but it was pretty solid. If How did you have delivered it? Um, come on. back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and budge him at all. Just just repeated what you said. Um, yeah. So the St John's, John's match. Well, we are top of the league, um, six three games unbeaten. But also, um, it's uh, Celtic's one hundred thirtieth birthday uh, today. Happy birthday. Uh, no. Let's not do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little, uh, a little chat, a little discussion, a little thought about Celtic and uh, 130 years. Marks the 130 years um, that the meeting to formally constitute Celtic Football Club took place. Um, I just, in all seriousness, uh, we're massive Celtic fans. I'm going to ask you, we've got some questions. We're going to do a little uh, pop quiz sort of thing. Um, Rudy Vata. That's one of the questions. One point. Bout is one point. No. Uh, But let me ask you this, and I'm. Uh, decorum here, gents. Uh, and listen, if you if you want to answer these yourself and tweet us, um, we can kind of talk about them next week and, and kind of make a sort of collage. We'll well, get so we're not going to find out the answers tonight. No, no, no. This is something else. Well, you get the answers. The answers aren't. I'm going to ask. I'm, all, I'm going to ask the cynics questions about Celtic, and um, they're all really, really easy, really standard uh, questions. I mean, you guys know about corporate um, finance law, right? 
That was a joke. Off to a bad start in the Liverpool first bit. Off to a bad start. About um, who's your? What's your first ever game that you saw at Celtic Park? At Celtic Park, so not on television. At Celtic Park. Is that the quiz? I've got that one wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do any of you remember? I remember my first Rangers game, but I don't remember. I I remember my first. Kieran, I try. I can't remember. I was at Celtic versus Thistle, and it was a time when Hoydonk and Tom were playing. Yeah, but I can't remember which year it was. Was that mm-hmm. at Celtic Park? Celtic Park, yes. Celtic Park, okay, terrific. Um, so that probably would have been... I'm sorry, maybe... 95? 20 years ago, I think. I think it would have been 15 at the time. Aye, 20, 95. Well, we'll figure that out. Louis, what was your, do you remember your first game at Celtic Park? Nope. This is going, this is I've got a programme if you'd have given us beforehand. I, had, I, the I just assumed everyone knew what their first fucking game was at Celtic Park. He signed my programme, so did. I didn't remember, like, Five minutes into the podcast, I didn't remember anything about Not the start you, of the you podcast. Get a, you get a pass. Good. You get Pound gets a pass. Uh, tweet us your first ever game at Celtic Park on why it was important to you. Uh, Favourite player, Pound? <sighs> it's probably Paul McStatt. Paul um. McStatt. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McStatt. Personal joke that no one will get. Uh, Louis, your favourite player? Uh, has to be Henry Larson. Is it, that's your favourite player? He's the greatest player any of us will ever see. That's here. that's absolutely not in question. But he's your favourite player. That's fair enough. I'm just asking. Yeah, no, it would it would have to be grown grown up with Larson. It was uh, he was he he was and always will be the the pinnacle. Keelan yourself, who's your favourite Celtic player? Right now, for me, uh, well, for me, it's um, Tom Roach. I I just love watching. Him. I think that's fair enough. He is. One of the up there most technique players we've had. Um, just enjoy watching them. Uh, interesting. My favourite player, player is also Paul McStat. Good choice. Um, although I want to see how far uh, KT is KT really. Is gonna he's be, just yeah. right up there in terms of just everything about him and what he just phenomenal. But Paul McStay is is uh, in my. I think Sermani's as well. Brian's is actually Rudy Vata. Is that one of the questions? <laughs> uh, who's your favourite foreign player? Now, I know you said Henrik Larsson, but let's take him out of the equation. Um, who was your favourite Celtic player? Favourite um, kind of non-British? Uh, I should have just said foreign. Um, who's your favourite foreign player other than Larsson, Louis? Do you have uh, a couple? or Scott Brown. Um, this is not this is not going well. I took, I took ten minutes to organise this today. Um... Do you know, I, I loved uh, Big Victor Wanyama when he was at the season ticket at the time and watching Big Big Wanyama just absolutely boss people. I mean, he was... Tricky Vicky? <laughs> he, um, he was head and shoulders above everybody else, so let's go for Victor Wanyama, why not? This is like pulling fucking teeth, I thought this would have been a lot easier. <laughs> Keenan, who's your Why are we getting points on this? <laughs> this isn't points, this is questions in there. Um, I'm just again, so, supposedly setting the mood. They carry on Lubo, just for their sheer flair, um, and technique and skill. Skill, just, just wonderful players to watch. Yeah, but how do we know that yours is obviously Stefan Mahe? Um, <laughs> what you, you loved his hairdo, you loved the fact that he set up 7th Heaven, um, and you, you're all that stuff, Stefan Mahe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, no, Lubo is obviously a choice, not the canyon. Vidar Rice, of course. Um, Vidar, 
Naka was incredible. He was incredible. Nakamura. Loved a bit of Nakamura. Um, Paul Elliott, can we include him? No. <laughs> I like Paul Elliott. I like Paul Elliott as well, but I, I said uh, I meant not British. British because we're Irish. British subjects. <laughs> Is that what you meant? <laughs> You're such a dickhead. Brits out. Um, Brits out, certainly. Um, <laughs> not for you, pal. <laughs> Brits, so, more Brits, that's what you're asking for. <laughs> Brits in, please. <laughs> you can't wait to start the empire again once Brexit happens. Brits in, that's it. <laughs> Brexit means Brexit, certainly. Red, white and blue Brexit. <laughs> Why? I don't believe any of that. Why are you saying I do? No, it sounds like you do. <laughs> How does it sound like I do? Just saying. So <laughs> Union Jack towel on the door. Uh, there is not. There's a. There's a towel <laughs> in the door. No, there's not a towel <laughs> in the door, Louis. For fuck's sake. Right. After bad start. And also, this is. Um, a couple of years ago, the greatest ever Celtic team was uh, voted on by the fans. I'm going to run through it. Uh, a lot of these guys were part, obviously, part of the Lisbon Lions. Um, it's uh, Simpson, McNeil, Gemmel, Danny McGrain, um, obviously one of the best fullbacks in the world on his day. Uh, Murdoch, Old, Paul McStat. Yep. Uh, Johnston, uh, Lennox. And then Dalglish and Larson. So there's only one, two, three, four. Four of the 11 um, were non Lisbon Lions. Um, which just, in all seriousness, just goes to show how phenomenally amazing that team. No Lustig! Which is that's a bit, the big shot. That's the I big shot. Um, we're not going to go through this, this uh, sort of team and break down who your favourite ever Celtic team was. But, Kieran, let me ask you this. Uh, your fav- who do you think, in your opinion, and I'm going to come to the rest of the guys, the best goalkeeper, because there's a lot of debate about goalkeepers and about you know people criticising Craig Gordon, the best goalkeeper you've seen at Parkhead? I'll go with Foster. Foster. Um, why? Um, what did he have that Gordon doesn't have? Because both of them... Are quite similar in a lot of ways. I suppose just now that the problem with Gordon is he's been asked to play with the ball at his feet, which Foster never had to. So the one the one negative part of Foster was he was not always the best for coming for the ball, but he was commanding in his box. He was great shot stopper. One um, of the I think he's probably the best. That was his uh, that was his biggest strength at Parkhead, in my opinion, was probably his shot stopping ability. Well, actually, you know what? I'm just I'm just not paying attention. Big Boric as well. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why are none of you... Fucking Boric. We have asked some... him. I asked him one question. Okay, yeah, it's Kim's fault. <laughs> so... Aye. But okay. no, you started the Gordon chat as if that was the only two options. No. You've missed out a couple of names, actually, but we'll come back to that. Well, I've not given you options. I was just... Um, this so is... what's your answer, no. mate? No, just... No, go. literally, what is your answer? Boric. <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking about peak goalkeeper... Boric at his best was better than anyone we've mentioned. But in the but if you take into account his kind of latter seasons where he wasn't as good, if you're looking at an overall, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, that kid. Then Forster's probably done better. Although we oh, yeah. kind of forget that he, he was a rough diamond when we got him. That there was a little while he took to to get to where he was. His, fir- his first his first loan spell, he wasn't. 
he wasn't consistently great. He went yeah. back to Newcastle. I don't think he was the first choice for a goalkeeper, but we got him back up and he just developed into a phenomenal yeah. goalkeeper at Parkhead. Um, uh, so, yeah, so probably overall Foster, but Boric at his peak was better than anyone we've had. But the actual correct answer <laughs> Here we go, it's God Marshall, of course is, it is Tony Warner. <laughs> <laughs> Because of that 5-1 game. Yeah, uh, you know. Big hands. Louis, your favourite you know. goalkeeper? Um, <coughs> well, Boric would probably be um, my favourite. If I go in favourite, it would be Boric. Just for pretty much all the off-the-field stuff is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, the unprofessional stuff that pretty some much... Of, aye, some, of the the some, some of the stuff a boy came out with his class. Um, Javi Sanchez Bro. It's a terrific it's a terrific call. Was uh, He had a name, which was exceptional. <laughs> and, uh, the name? Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I think Douglas um, was better than people give him credit for. Um, the problem with Douglas was... He didn't necessarily command his box the way that other goalkeepers have. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you look at the the, the semi the quarter final against Liverpool, um, Anfield, people can talk about you know Hartson's amazing finish and uh, Thompson's um, terrific free kick. But at the end of the day, I think Gordon, uh, sorry Douglas, made makes three or four big big saves to keep us in it. Um, but yeah, so um, just a couple of the points. Uh, the greatest ever captain um, was voted as Billy McNeil. Uh, not surprising at all. Jimmy Johnson was voted the greatest ever player. Again, uh, a legend of the game who obviously we didn't get to see, but from you know hearing about how good he was, there's no doubt. Greatest ever foreign player was uh, Stefan Mahi. That's not funny. <laughs> funny. Anyway, question. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. So, um, well, that was the questions? No, that was just opinions. No, it's not over yet, Kim. I thought this would have been a lot of fun. It's really not. It's just been difficult. It's, this, this is like, as a teacher, when you plan what you think is going to be a really good <laughs> lesson, you've planned it out for ages, and then you start delivering it, and you realise that the kids oh, they fucking hate it. Where you've went wrong there is that there are no good lessons. Yeah. I, I certainly don't come up with them. Okay, I'm going to ask Chris about the question first, um, and this is a relatively easy one, but let's see if he fucks it. <laughs> 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 what what cover strip the Celtic wear? I'm, um, I'm resigning from football based <laughs> quizzes as of this moment. Who is Celtic's all time top goal scorer? Um, your boy with 500 goals. Uh, your boy? Aye. He's, he's clicking his fingers a lot. <sighs> One of the most famous Celtic players of all time. Yes. That's not the answer. His name's on the tip of my tongue. Say it then. See it. And normally, I would like stop her and pass it over, but I like these squirming. It's quite good. Five, four, three, two, one. Eh. Mahi was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy McGrory with five hundred and twenty-two goals, um, three hundred ninety-six league goals, um, but phenomenal. Uh, Louis McCaffrey. This one might be. I I knew this one, but I can understand how this one might be quite tough. Um, Celtic's all-time um, appearance holder who's played for Celtic more times than any other player. It's an interesting one. It's, it's maybe not what... I, it's hard to kind of visualise. Oh no, you can't look at the answers! Bounce, try looking at the answers! It's hard to visualise. No, it's not really. Stop it. 
is dead. This is dead. Radio five, four. Come on. Have a have a have a guess. This has been terrible. I thought this would be. I really, I really don't know. It was Billy McNeil. Was it? <laughs> All right, Kieran. Uh, here's here's one for you. <laughs> uh, what colour does Celtic play? And what strip is the Celtic? Describe the Celtic strip. Oh, he's actually not going <laughs> to... Can you write your hips? Yay! Can you get a point? He was actually thinking of a week hit. So, so I've got one more point than used to. Rangies! Um, what's... Barry, here's one. What's, uh, who, who holds the most European appearance record for Celtic? Billy McNeil. It's Scott Brown. <laughs> <You're fucking laughs> I thought you were the fucking grammar. <laughs> you fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. He had the most appearances. <laughs> he was there for nine in a row. So what's nine in a row got to do European European qualification? Therefore, lots of games, but less games. Are you obviously. disputing that? Are you disputing it, Scott Brown? Are you taking away from your hero? Uh, no, Scott Brown. I can tell you um, some stuff. Oh fucking hell! This is this good bad news written all over it. Uh, what's the biggest fee we've ever received for a player, Louis? Biggest fee we've um, ever received: twelve million. For who? For um, your favourites. Yeah, correct. Well done. Uh, I'm going to stop this here because this has been a disaster. But Does that mean I won? No, Kieran no. wins. Because oh. he, he got one right and you, none, none of you get one right. I literally just got one right. And I got it because I clearly stated it. He, no, he didn't. A uh, couple other kind of points. Our oldest ever... Don't give me and Kieran a tie-break question. Alright, tie-break question between Kieran. Okay, tie-break question between Louie and Kieran. Is it who answers first or... I'm going. No, no. I'm going to give you the opportunity to we'll both get to answer. Right. So get them fingers away from me. So the we, the SPL record for unbeaten runs of home matches, Celtic held that between 2001 and 2004. Was it? And I want. I'm going to give you four options, but you have to, you know, take one each. Um, <laughs> and we'll come to Kieran first because he got the quick answer first. Was it 72 games run? Was it a 76 game run? Was it a 77 game run? Or was it an 81 game run? From 2001 to 2004? 2001 to 2004. It's the SPL record for unbeaten run of home matches. 72, 76, 77 or 81? I'm going to go 81. 81. Louis? Uh, I'm gonna go seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Uh, Lou wins. Come on, seventy-seven. See, that's facts. That's knowledge, people. That is knowledge. That's I also knew that. a massive. You paused. I, po- I paused to crank up the suspense for the you listener. Paused to count how many games you've played <laughs> a season, which is hard as well. Um, couple points. Other kind of facts. Um, most capped player um, while he's been at Celtic. Uh, Paul McStay, seventy-six. For, sorry, that's just for Scotland, um, but still seventy-six for Paul McStay. Um, highest score in a domestic British Cup final um, when we beat Rangers seven-one. Um, biggest fee we've ever paid. Bowed. Scott Brown. Nope. No. Fuck no. Chris Wrong. Six million. <laughs> You fucking you wearing Chris? He's the last question for six million. You, your last question about Scottish players. There you that go. wasn't the question though. Um, oldest debutant, uh, Lobo Maravchik. Is a good guess. It's not correct. You two, one each. Roy Keane. A good guess, but not correct. 
Keelan, on the tip of his tongue. Is it Carlton Cole or? No, it's not. Uh, Dion Dublin, he was 36 um, when he made his debut against Rangers. Um, I've, I've got one. Okay. How many, how many game? How many Celtic games has Bowd watched in the last six years? I'll give you it's multiple choice. Okay. Two, three, or four. I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna go three. No, it's two. Oh, I feel like you would have said, "Ah, oh, you watch all the games, don't you?" Sweetheart, you don't pay attention to them, but you certainly watch them. <laughs> certainly sat down in front of them. In hand. But he's only here for the Rangers. How did you not get Scott Brown? I actually wrote that. I see when I was writing that down, I was like, "Well, Bowd will definitely get this." I just did the Billy McNeil stat. <laughs> Your your Chris McStat. Um We are the ninety minute cynic. Um, we need to end this, uh, frankly, <laughs> before Bowd is put down. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Um, you can get us on Twitter at ninety minute cynic. Um, you, we're also on Facebook. Jesus, what, what time we die? What time we die? Um, Facebook dot com slash ninety minute cynic, where you can get the latest supplement. Uh, supplement available for download. We digital probably should download. have plugged that tonight. I will, I will plug it later on. Um, it's available available for digital download um, for the first time straight away. Um, 90minutesinic.com, check it out. It's terrific. Some great writers, some great features, not just Celtic, um, but football in general. Um, also, check us out on iTunes. iTunes, uh, just do a search for 90 Minutes Cynic and we'll pop up. If you could subscribe to us, that would be terrific. And a positive statement, you know, a little uh, nice how do you do would be terrific. Um, we're also on speakerspeaker.com slash 90 Minutes Cynic, as well as just if you follow us on Twitter, at 90 Minute Cynic, we will be up in Atom, and that's where you'll get all of our links and our details. Lord McCaffrey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the What did you think of the quiz? Uh, it was cool. I, I mean, I would see when we get to another 130 years. I'd love you to do it again. I'll do definitely do it again. Kieran Hahn, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun as always. Take your time when you're texting. Remember, <laughs> it's all in the delivery. I shall. Chris Bowd. Aye. You're taking over from The Undertaker um, because you're the dead man. Walking, yeah, it's a film. Susan Sarandon, is it? Bruce Willis, Chris Bowden, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's I can't say the same. I'm Chris Gallagher. We are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. I'm gonna make a change. For once in my life It's gonna feel real good Gonna make a difference Gonna make it right As I turn up the collarbone My favorite winter coat This wind is blowing my mind I see the kids in the street With not enough to eat who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them need? I saw us disregard a broken bottle top and a one-man soul. They follow each other on the wind, you know, cause they got nowhere to go. That's why no one yet to know. Yeah!
Because I'm with